0: Welcome back to another very special episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my milk guzzle and droogie and co-host, Alex Dandino. All right, <laughs> guys. Before today's uh, very special episode, we have a little business. It's official. Your friends here at the Film Alchemist podcast are on Patreon. That's right, patreon.com slash Pod. Guys, you can join our community for as little as a dollar a month. Get in, meet the awesome patrons we already have. uh, See what we're working on. And as you climb the official Highlander tier ranking system, you can begin to select the specific films you want to hear in a patreon exclusive library every single dollar helps every single dollar counts we appreciate us so much all of you that help us out guys we know that all dollars are hard earned, so we're working really hard to make sure that it's super fun and worth your time as well so thank you for those of you who have been with us and support us thank you for those of us who are about to or those of you not us those are i would never support this show but you guys should. I'm done supporting this show. I'm out. I'm like Alex's parents. I'm out. Not Alex Dandino. Alex from Fuck Record. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, make sure to go see our faces on YouTube. Our beautiful, unmasked, law abiding faces on YouTube. That's Film Alchemist. Email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Find us on all the socials you're on. You're there. We're there. We're easy to reach uh also guys something easy free and fast you can do to help the show leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show and make sure to share us around on your socials all right that's enough business you guys aren't here for business you're here for a little of the old in and out you're well, here for well, a little well, of well, the uh, well, well,
1: well, well, well.
0: yeah you're here for a little of the old ultra violence you're here for the real horror show right viddy this it's about to get naughty here on the film alchemist uh again this month curated by our patron and friend, Edith. Uh, she selected as one of her films of her curation, A Clockwork Orange. This is one of the most formative movies in my life. I can say that uh, pretty clearly. I adore Stanley Kubrick. I, I love his films. I love re-going over them. I think he achieved as much as any filmmaker who ever lived with his projects. Um, I think this is one of the movies that exemplifies something that's happened with Kubrick in time, I think as we get further and further and further from him, I think the the inhuman, uh, cold, distant, cynical view with which Stanley Kubrick's movies uh, present has started to bother more and more people. And I think this film has fallen into the, the likes of Taxi Driver, things like that, where it, it's a hard movie about these guys who are just vile rat bastards, right? At the edges of, well not I mean, this movie, not the edges, but like right in the middle of our society. Yeah. Who feel like they can just get away with and do whatever they want because something's not to their liking. Uh, I found this movie when I was, I think, 16 years old. I remember I found it. I found a, a DVD of it, right? They had those Stanley Kubrick collection DVDs. Mm-hmm. And this was the first of his movies I had ever bought. And I remember turning it on, and from that very opening, right, the music and the colors and that opening shot of Alex just glaring down the fucking lens. Uh, Something about this just reached deep, deep down inside of me, and I I was fucking hooked, man. I find this movie just visceral and intense, and, and one of those real kind of experience movies for me. Alex, what did you make of a clockwork orange?
1: I think i saw this movie when i was 18 right before i yeah. went to college i i had like right before i went to like film school i had made this list of movies that i felt like i needed to see before i went to school
0: that's exactly what i was doing too yes and clockwork orange <laughs> was
1: at the very top of the list and i was like trying to think of movies that i like purposely avoided in some regard for whatever reason and one of them was for some reason clockwork orange I remember it the first time I watched it, not just not understanding, like not like not only not just because the um, slang in it is very specific and very particular.
0: I had also tried to use the closed caption. You'll thank us later. Yeah, you're welcome. It still won't help all the time.
1: (laughs) But like I remember trying to read the book. I actually was like, I should read the book first. And I got through about 15 pages. and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on in this book. (laughs) (laughs) and the book's different than the movie but i watched the movie and i'm like i still don't know what's going on really but i do have at least a visual idea of what's happening so i um yeah it's one of those movies that just didn't sit right at first not for the reason not for the right like all for the right reasons but also um i wasn't entirely sure what i had just watched on watching it as an adult and more seasoned human being in the ways that life takes you. Um, it is this like really fascinating examination of what, what really is at the core, what what is actually at the core of someone who's supposedly rotten. Is it like, there's a lot of like the theme like you can go on Wikipedia and a lot of websites talk about like the movie is a lot about morality and about, you know, the value of totalitarianism versus individual freedom and so on and so forth. Like there's a lot of <clears throat> psychology that goes in this, but for me, the character of Alex, not me, but the character that Malcolm
0: McDowell plays your spirit animal, the man you aspire to. Yes, we understand
1: my spirit animal with the best cufflinks in existence. Um, that always freaked me out. By the way, the cufflinks are just like fucking nuts to me.
0: <laughs> what a um, weird thing. to zone in on.
1: I loved that shit. Um but I I think for me it is this sort of like it's it's weird to say this. It is like the le- it's the more violent less obnoxious uh Holden Caulfield vibe. Cuz like that's really kind of like what Alex DeLarge is in a lot of ways. Is this like Yeah. less way way worse version. But he also is like yeah. almost more tolerable because he is so terrible you're like i get where this is going he's not just some like pussy who's telling everybody they suck he's literally putting it out on front street
0: well the biggest difference is yeah he said because there's that scene when they like test his authority right and he fucking smacks the guy in the dick and kicks him in the river yeah and he's like i'm having all these thoughts and i realize that's what they do they think right I, i need to act and so that's the difference right this is a person who is putting their their worst out into the world Mm -hmm. as a tangible force i think this is one of those movies right this is like when i started like being like i'm gonna be like a movie guy like a a cinephile i'm getting real into it when you started talking to the people that like were the gatekeepers back then right the people who were at the the stores that sold the old bootleg vhs's and dvds right yep or the guy who like you know the van guy who had like he has a box of dvds we got to go see if he's got like a Godzilla movie that we'd never heard of. Right. When you start meeting those guys, this was just a movie that came up a lot. Right. Yeah. And it had that kind of cinema of cool vibe. Right. Like there was just something different and energetic and about this film. Right. And I think the first time I saw it being 16 or so, it's funny how it shifts. Right. When I watch it now, I'm so much more focused on the second half of the film. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Like once I get
0: to prison on, When I watched it as a young man, there was something in it where I felt, oh, this is like a movie for me, man. Like, my parents won't like this movie. This is my movie. You have this, like, piss and vinegar in you, and I have so much. It reminds me of that Cat Stevens song, right? Father and Son, right? From the moment I could talk, I was ordered to listen. And you just, I had this like real, like kind of punk rock, heavy metal kid vibe. Where like, what a weird movie to with.
1: reference Cat Stevens during, but yeah, no, I'm with you.
0: I mean, similar, similar uh, chronological <laughs> eras probably rolling around. Uh, yeah. Post-apocalyptic Cat Stevens is just out there fucking riffing. Yeah. But anyway, he Yusuf gets hit with a chain. Up. And, yeah. Yeah. But there, there's something about, cause the start of the movie, right? You get the immediate, they're in a milk bar, right? With all these naked lady statues just drinking jug drug milk right like you yeah. know, right from the mother's teat but there's no mother there they go out and beat up this old man who sings this f- songs of his father right this old drunkard yeah talking about the old days And you're like yeah this is like fuck our parents let's do what we want and then they go to this like pro wrestling beatdown, and you're like yeah yeah and then it starts to weigh on you you're like oh wait but these are like there's some very serious fucking crimes and like sadist. I don't think that the sadism of the film settled in on me when I was young. Cause there's just this, I think there's something when you're young, right. Where you just, you, you so want everyone to listen to you. They, you want yeah. them to accept you for who you think they should accept you as. Right. For sure. And it's easier sometimes rather than doing the hard work of, you know, becoming that person or earning respect or whatever just make yourself loud and unignorable right Mm -hmm. um and again in this movie it's taken to criminal extremes right right um and i think you see people now with a lot of these kind of movies like the wrong kind of people bond to them for the wrong reasons right but you know that's what kind of hooked me right that the ultra violence and the threesome and the the loud bombastic colors and this and that and by the end of the movie i was kind of fizzling out right Mm-hmm. now i find it the exact opposite um let's start with alex man i mean what a fucking performance for the ages right i mean th- this is yeah i mean
1: in this film malcolm mcdowell there's a reason malcolm mcdowell is referenced like constantly as this character like this is a very like popular reference in pop culture in general there's a reason because it is disturbingly brilliant
0: it is i mean he is perfect in this movie yeah
1: i mean it's one of those things like kubrick apparently kubrick saw him in a movie called if and just like hired him and he's and i I was reading he asked why did why he asked kubrick why did you hire me he goes because you have the appearance of someone who's intelligent and i think that's a really specific thing it's like a really fascinating and specific thing for kubrick to note is like (laughs) you appear to be intelligent and i think that that's like a really important thing for alex's character is that not only is he the leader of his droogs and all that kind of stuff, but like the appearance of intelligence, like not even intelligence, but like the appearance of the knowledge you have superiority over people is what makes him that much more terrifying in a lot of ways to me at least.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, what it is is the, these are him and his droogies, right? They're these creatures of pure consumption, right? Yeah. They are consuming flesh and misery and, all these fucking terrible things right just the drugs and the ultra violence and just everything is fucking consumption with these guys right yep and that opening shot just the way he stares at the lens, right down fucking, the barrel man i mean you feel like a t-rex is eyeing you up to eat you right? totally absolutely and as the movie goes on and you pull back you're like he's this slight fair-haired right he looks like just as easily he could have been damien right another well, yeah. like i
1: mean like the kid. morning after all that shit goes the morning after everything like the movie i fr- this is something crazy i did not remember it has must have been a very long time since i've seen this cuz i do not remember how quickly things start getting out of hand in this movie like rapidly oh like
0: immediately like right cuz you're like they beat the old man up and that's horrible but right like, the very next scene is just this long, the prolonged other gang, like, ripping this lady's clothes off and assaulting her. And it's yeah. this it, it's one of those things now as an older guy, that's the shit that leaps out of you that, like, oh, fuck. Because now we're older. We've become members of societies, right? We're, like, yeah. tax-paying, law-abiding citizens. Right. When you're a teenager, you're focused on the fucking carnal, right? The violent, the fuck them, let's go beat these guys up, you know? You forget about the the constant pain and misery that is in every fucking frame of this film. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that, that McDowell did so well in this movie is he walks it. He speaks with an elegance and a poetry. Yeah. Right? And he looks like someone you would never be afraid of. But every time think, he looks at the screen, it is nightmarish.
1: I think the thing that always amazes me about the performance is it's, it's like the surrounding of – least the first half of the movie obviously this like surrounding with like all the ultra violence and all this horrible shit that's going on that he's like fully participating in it is the because like to me it's this is the kind of character if you're the leader of these guys and this is the kind of character that would be like in a modern movie like in a modern take like this about this kind of thing this kind of character would be like bored of it sick of it like looking for a new thrill this character relishes in every single consumption, like you were saying. Like, it is it, – I mean, and it's not even – it's not even just, like, the first half hour of the movie where they, you know, beat up the other gang, commit a fucking sexual assault, and, like, beat the hell out of this guy. It's relishing beating the shit out of his own friends. Like, taking yeah. it to the next – like, it is – it is this insane – knowledge that there is no i mean and it's interesting like it's in and then the next morning he's just like i have a headache mom don't you know i have a headache i'm not going to school
0: okay so this is something i wanted to zone in on right yeah like you said we see they leave this man crippled there are these fucking just nightmare images right of this man when they get the camera right on his face when he's on the ground it's like yeah and he's watching this as they're singing in the rain right they're fucking singing all because the you know they knock at the door and they're like hey there's a car accident we need help and he goes well you better let them in, no good deed right no good no deed, good deed punished yep and the the fucking angle of him on the ground just sweaty terrified yeah as he watches this fucking degradation this fucking assault um, and knowing yeah that his wife later died he said died of you know modern society a victim of modernity modernity whatever um, and he's left crippled right it's, it's fucking horrifying right. And then, yeah, the next day, he just wakes up, and he's just walking around his house in his little underwear, just like my kids. Yeah. And this is something I had forgotten about the film, right? Because on his way home at night, he's walking through what looks like an apocalyptic wasteland, right? Like an urban wasteland. He's walking into this dilapidated building. His mom and dad are just in the breakfast nook the next morning. They're just there? He just says, oh, I don't need to go to school right now. And they talk about how they think he's just got a part-time job doing odd jobs. Like, well, maybe he'll do it. Yeah. A mom and dad, the dad's dressed like a stereotypical suit. Mm-hmm. She's trying to wake him up for school. They're having family breakfast. I had forgotten somehow since the last time I watched this that the family factors into this. Because this is yeah. something that gets on Same. later when I completely world's blacked creepiest it counselor, whoever the fuck he is, is like, we've been studying for years what goes wrong with you guys, right? Like, you right. have a good home. You have a good parents. You have a good brain. Um, I think he even says like, is it some fucking devil that crawls into you? Meanwhile, Mr. Deltoid is essentially played as a diddler. He's yeah. like his mom lets him in and you wait in the wig bedroom, right? Which is only for role play fornication. You draw <laughs> Alex in and you're like grabbing him. They're like laying on the bed and the camera doesn't move. So it's very, yeah. just not flattering, grotesque angles. right? And it's just this, there's no kind of, massaging it it's just this like unmoving unflinching stare at this oh this is bad like this is a bad man who's done bad things probably to this kid and others and just watching alex try to just like skate through it right It's, it's just all so fucking horrible so you're sitting there saying the parents seem like good parents right he seemingly has something but then they willingly just let him do what they want and they let this man in that I mean there's so much of that kind of dynamic I had not remembered
1: really mm-hmm. no same it's uh it's interesting because it almost <laughs> it's almost like they're asking you like do you want to set this guy up as almost a victim like it's asking the audience particularly it's not doing it in the movie at all and like what it's doing is begging you. It's begging you to say, like, do you want to do this? Do you want to actually, like, give up the ghost and, like, have this guy be maybe a victim of the system? And you're like, no, he's a fucking scumbag. He's a horrible person. Like, I do not. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's this, and that, I think, is what this movie does the entire time, too. It's just this constant poking and prodding at, like, what are you willing to give on this character? And, like, for me, like, none of it. But it is just one of those really fascinating things that Kubrick is doing the entire movie, do you psychologically?
0: Well, I mean, he's one of two things, right? Do you see him as the product of this modernity right? I mean the old drunks like we have men floating around space but we don't care about earthly value whatever the right, fuck he's right. saying right Is he a product of this sh- fucking shitty environment he's in, uh you know going out and just fucking having to make his way, whatever. Or is he just a guy who relishes in this, right? Is he thriving in this environment, right? Right. And I don't know that you can answer that, right? I think that the nefarious thing that happens with guys like Alex, he's like really dark fucking, and I wouldn't even call him an anti-hero, right? But I think the hard thing is that there are people who would, right?
1: I agree. Yeah.
0: And I think that's scary. Yeah. People with the worst impulses, they watch this film a different way probably. Mm -hmm. But to me, Alex is just a fucking predatory monster born through and through. Yeah. absolutely. And I think the fact that he doesn't have like the Rob zombie Halloween breakfast with his parents, Yep. but that his mom and dad are okay. I think it just shows you that fucking just appetite for misery. Yeah. Right. This, the fact that wherever he is, he finds a way to I do these just fucking things. I think it's a really things. specific
1: thing is like, he's just, to me, he's just born bad
0: like yeah i mean i think that's it right like in any time you put alex it feels like this is the path he would be on right that just maybe his environment right now doesn't have the ability to suss him out or check and balance him right right. and he is just this un-fucking uh checked mold within this society right i mean they do hint at the fact that there are this many gangs who can go to fucking drug bars And just run around sexually assaulting and fighting in the streets. (laughs) Right. Fucking busting up every table and stealing cars. I mean, this doesn't seem like a one-off. So there's a fucking lot of these gangs, right? But there's one Alex. Of all the people we... Like, even his own gang looks at him as like, this guy's fucking insane. Yeah. Like, this guy is a step beyond, right? Um, I... I think that's the difference right and yeah I agree with you I mean there is this weird like well he likes Ludwig Van and it's like yeah he likes Ludwig Van because it's this creativity boost for him to imagine bombs and himself as a vampire and a fucking bride being hung on her wedding day right these fucking horrifying images so the way that we take in art right and inspires the best in us right I think art is the reason that humans don't all just fucking give up right I don't think anyone gives up you know doesn't give up like well we got air no one fucking cares about air dude we care about art yeah right and i think ludwig van for him just feels that dark thing right yeah like that's his reason for living is fucking misery and yeah i mean at watching alex through the start and i you know i forgot how fucking brutal the singing in the rain is i mean there's so many sexual assaults at the start it's it's just fucking brutal man and yeah like the cat lady getting it with the giant fucking dick and by the way she's swinging a ludwig van at him which is crazy but i think there's another element too and i don't know what kubrick was going for if this was like the old marilyn manson attack but there's just so many like every art fixture has naked people or like in his building there's like this picture of the romans right right just fucking dicks drawn all over (laughs) them. yeah i mean i don't know is he like is it just such a hyper Sexualized and sensory overloaded society—is that what he was hinting at? Is there a post-apocalyptic? I actually—I mean,
1: to me, I feel like it's almost the opposite. Like I think the society is so repressed that what he's trying to do at the at the jump is to disarm you into thinking, okay, these guys have immersed themselves in this hyper-sexual, hyper-violent world that is, you know. That's so that, that's so off-putting. But yeah. they don't notice it. They don't notice that there's trash everywhere and that there's dicks drawn on these like Grecian uh paintings or anything like that. There's yeah, there's nothing out of the ordinary about that. It's just quite frankly, the way of the world. So that when yeah. it's juxtaposed when Alex goes to prison, it's so formal and so like I think what's interesting is like it's so drab. Like it becomes almost a normal movie, and you're like you forget you're watching Kubrick, and you're like, why does this feel so? And then the Ludovico stuff starts happening. You're like, oh shit! But I think that yeah. to me is what is so. That is why it's that is why like there's so much like that is why there's so much dick everywhere. Is <laughs> there's just I mean an just absurd amount dicks of dicks and
0: tits everywhere. Oh, the lady the place. runs a health farm full of cats with a huge just like, dick sculpture. I mean just a huge it. dick statue, but right behind the huge dick statue is just like a spreader painting. Spread, you know what yeah. I mean? Like
1: it's so weird.
0: Like I don't know if this was like post apocalyptic like OnlyFans or whatever. Like <laughs> there's so many dicks and tits everywhere. That yeah. I was like, are they saying that this is what it is, right? That people just surrounded by this much? sex and violence right which i i don't accept at all because obviously his parents aren't out fucking doing this right um it is it is strange man and when he finally kills the cat lady yeah i don't the step up in his game is a strange moment well he doesn't like why kill that lady
1: well it's interesting because he doesn't find out wait no he doesn't kill her
0: no he does he does that's when uh mr fucking thigh grabber comes in and he's like you're a murderer now, little Alex. Oh, I, I thought he was. I always
1: thought he was talking about the guy's wife.
0: Well, no, she technically died of like flu pneumonia. The next season, the writer says he thinks it was because she was a victim of modernity, right? Like she had been broken.
1: Oh, by okay. But
0: the late the cat lady died. Cat is the, the one who died in the that. hospital. Okay, cool. And he fucking and then yeah, like that's the other weird thing is Kubrick then does this like flashy cut. Of, you know, like uh I think it's a pussy and a mouth. Do, 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 do. Like it's yeah. really like hammering home the art again, right? When Alex is in his room, we see the like dancing Jesuses jumping around. And yep. There's a lot of this focusing on the art and the, the surroundings way, of him.
1: That set to the ninth symphony, that scene with the dancing Jesuses is like maybe some of my all time favorite editing I've ever seen in a movie. Like it's incredible.
0: Yeah. It, well, it's just one of those just things that, that when I was young, sequence. you just never saw anything like this no, movie. Like when this movie came along, it, it felt It dangerous. is very
1: much a movie you're like, I'm never going to see anything like this again. I've never seen anything yeah. like this before. I'm never going to see anything like
0: it again. Well, I feel like this became a blueprint for a type of movie in a way, right? And I so think, that segment, you know... Oh, yeah. sorry, go ahead.
1: I think thematically you're right. I think thematically it became a blueprint for this type of movie, but I think this is so uniquely Kubrick. Because in the hands of anybody else at the time, like, you think about, see, this was 73 this came out or something like that. Like, I mean, it's just a very, it's it's so specific to Stanley Kubrick. But yeah. thematically, I mean, yeah, th- blueprint for yeah. any, like, any Alex DeLarge type character going forward, one hundred thousand percent
0: and, I mean, he deals with this guy a lot, right? Like, there's a lot of these Alexes in his kind of movies, right? Yeah. That he puts right in the middle of the frame staring at us, right? He loves this guy. Yeah. Um. It is a stark transition when we go to prison, right? Very One much One of the so. things that struck me is how much administrative stuff we just sit and watch for long stretches. Yeah. Like, when Alex checks into jail, I'm like, did I need five minutes of that? Like he needed, the you know You needed
1: five minutes of him like doing the processing.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then when he sends him over to the medical facility, we sit there for what feels like two minutes, like sign here, sign here, sign here, and it's like yep. I get it paperwork. Right? But I think this is I think Kubrick is showing us the getting lost in the yeah, system of it. Absolutely. Would it now okay, so walk me through this segment of the movie, right? What do you make of Alex becoming model prisoner? I think that's a fun choice, right? Because so again, I think if you made this movie now, this is a. I gotta prove I'm the baddest motherfucker in jail. Yeah. Right. I mean, Alex if becoming you, the model prisoner who is the right hand man of the pastor. If you make this movie now, it's like
1: Oz. Jeez, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, to me, but see, this is like, I I I always think that's a put on like him becoming this like Oh, model, absolutely it is. Like yeah. that's what I like is like he's not losing his edge, he's just redirecting it so that he can get out and cause more shit. Like it's it's a very specific thing and it's it's only by sheer force of will and not knowing what is to come that he decides like not only am I going to be the best one but I'm going to use this being the nicest and most polite and best Inmate here i'm going to use that to my advantage to get where i want to go which means i can get out in two weeks if i accept this random thing that i can totally take like that The that's where the like toughness part comes in the rest of it is all this like very specific psychological manipulation which is a huge indictment of actually like the organized religion element of the uh of the prison yeah
0: Well, there's definitely something about the pastor who has a captive audience of prisoners that are just doing, like, fart sound comedy. Also, there's like, like, ye
1: bastards, don't do ye fart
0: sound comedies.
1: Well, and, like, not only that, like, (laughs) later, like, after that, when he starts talking to him about going to the Ludovico Institute, there's, like, a hardcore sexual repression thing going on in that moment you're like i am uncomfortable with this moment
0: right well, now. well again this is another man in an authority position who seems yes. that alex seems to be using that against them right like totally it seems like alex and mr deltoid had more story there mm-hmm. this guy he definitely is doing the pastor's doing that i know what to flex men with yeah. you know women around and he's like actually i want to talk to you about a medical procedure and he's just like hi fuck like hi this isn't what i hoped right it's right exactly yeah totally i get you i mean he he's like you know just all day these fucking boys making fart sounds at me i thought you were like a kindred you know possible like target in here like you know it's just all of it rings like even time i'm like shivering i'm like everything in this movie is so fucking icky yeah right to steal a word that like old people icky but like i mean honestly right before that right we're watching alex read the bible right so on the outside it just looks like a bright Normal boy reading the Bible. A smart lad reading the Bible. But he's imagining himself as the guy who whips Jesus. Yeah. He talks about how much he liked Dude, he fantasizes and about letters.
1: that. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. And then quotes fucking scriptures about not being around evil men to the pastor who seems to want to molest him. Yep. Uh, and you just, all I could think about was, you know, even the devil can quote, quote scripture. Mm-hmm. And how if the pastor's in there and he probably is not the most righteous man, how much that would like, you know, get him jacked up. Like, Oh, this shit is taking right. They love, he loves the idea that this kid is like really taking to it and reforming. And it becomes one of those things. Almost. He's the guy who seems the most upset that Alex is being scientifically reformed because it repudiates his, his Bible theory. Right. Right. So yeah, totally. The prison is actually, it's funny. The prison is, it seems to be the kind of like sag in the middle. I think there's some really fascinating stuff happening here. Right. And then obviously once we get to the medical Institute, the iconic image of this movie is Alex with his eyes fucking clamped up, which I can't stand. I shit. That's why I wear yeah. glasses and not contacts. I can't fucking stand this, but this is an interesting idea. Right. So essentially he fucking talks out of school and like talks to this governor guy, whatever. And he's like, you're young, you're vicious, you're entrepreneurial, right? Like, you're the perfect guy for this program. Right. And so Alex gets in, right? And essentially what they do is they make him watch horrible fucking videos. And they've given him some kind of medicine that is rewiring his chemical response, right? So when he watches these four guys beat the shit out of this guy, he has a line I love. right? Which,
1: by the way, they're all dressed like... And they're and, all dressed
0: like, the like him right so you're like are they fucking filming these on the fly like are these the first content creators yeah. like what's happening right <laughs> run out in the backyard dress like fucking Are the you first know,
1: tiktokers uh, my goodness yeah
0: go out there dress like fucking butlers i guess and beat the shit out of this guy uh but that's what i mean right so they are chemically rewiring him to not and he has this line i love where he goes uh you know The colors of the real world never look as real as they do on a movie screen, right? Right. Something like that, paraphrasing, but about the color of blood, right? Right. But now he's getting a little nauseous. Then he watches a sexual assault, right? Again, people dress like him and his droogs constantly, like a lot of – just like a a gang rape, right? This fucking horrifying scene. And he's starting to get sick, right? So we know now what they're doing, right? They're going to – and I think there's a cool idea in this – Opening his eyes and making him confront the acts that he's commit committed, right? That's how I thought of it. If you watch it again, though, they're not really forcing him to watch the acts he's committing, right? Right. He's already seen all this shit in real life. Yeah. And it turned him on. Yeah. They're right? Re-
1: it's it's a re... They're reassessing and redeveloping his sensory
0: output for it. It's- yes, because I always thought it was a... They're trying to repulse him. They're trying to fucking turn them on.
1: Well, it's not only that it's also this parody of, um, it's great. Again, you read a lot about this kind of stuff. It's a parody on aversion therapy, which I don't or immersion therapy, which I'm not sure, you know, for those of you don't know, um, this from, um, this psychiatrist named BF Skinner immersion or aversion therapy is basically the idea that you would like, if you're afraid of, if you're afraid of dogs, you literally would sit inside a kennel around dogs all day and that would right. be that would be it would cure you, the assumption would be that it would cure you of your uh uh of your aversion to animals or of to right. dogs anthony burgess when he wrote the ludovico technique he thought bf scanner was a fucking dangerous person and a lot of a lot about the totalitarianism comes into play here so like the idea is that it's a huge parody on this aversion therapy technique to the point where it like, and as we get to later, like kind of doesn't work really like the idea is that it's a bit, but it is this really fascinating yeah. thing that it is this really fascinating thing that it is this, it's a redirection of rather than it being the sexual impulse. It's like the, I'm I'm cause I mean, I don't know if I would necessarily say the inverse of sexual impulse would be nausea, but (laughs) because I I don't think that's the way. I don't think that's how that goes.
0: (laughs) Either way, I'm releasing fluids. That's all I know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it is this like it is a really it's bizarre. Like it is this it's this bizarre thing. And I, I hate voiceover for this kind of stuff. But it works this so he's got fucking a lot well. of fucking voiceover. It works <laughs> so well. well just because it's Malcolm McDowell, too. Like, he's just well, so good.
0: And I think a little bit like we talked about in Train Spotting, right? Movies like this, where there's voiceover and it's a, a narrator that we know is full of shit. Yeah. But they're giving us their life philosophy, mm-hmm. I think really is the best kind of voiceover, right? Yeah. Like, they're telling us their truth as we're watching it not be true. Yeah is always fascinating, right? Because movies are conflict, right? And that's conflict. I agree. Yeah. And I think there, there's something about watching this. And then the the really like scary part of this is like the only thing he's upset about, he's like, please stop, I can't. He's like, you. that's no way to treat Ludwig Van. <laughs> and that's what he's upset about, is that now Ludwig Van will be something he's averse to. He has a sick reaction to. Right. Not all the, the fucking Nazi videos he's watching, right? And yep. that has all this sub-layer of, the British government is forcing you to think that another government's bad. Of course, it's the Nazis. They're bad, right? But you're like, what if that filters down to like every German citizen's bad? So there's all these political ramifications, sexual ramifications, right? And this is something it never really dawned on me when I was younger, right? Like it just kind of like brushed past this. But the idea that you take someone like Alex who is the perfect mascot for everything we hate and are afraid of in a society right right that he is just this unfucking focused unmotivated pure evil right his only reason to exist is harm and destroy it doesn't have to be for a reason or you know you don't have to wrong him he's just there to fuck things up right we're all afraid of that and the idea that Mm -hmm. the government takes this guy neuters him chemically right to where he no longer can do the things that we're afraid of. Right. In a way you want to be like, yeah, fuck, fuck Alex. Right. And like, I don't care that he can't listen to Ludwig. Totally. Mann, right. Yeah. Like, fuck this guy. But then you're like, later in the film, they talk about the writer who, you know, found him and was going to like expose them. They're like, well, he was dangerous and he wrote dangerous things. Now he's gone where right. he can't hit him. You're like, it's not a big step from, Alex is the boogeyman. We can make him not be able to have a voice, fight back, right? Like, Alex fights to harm. What about someone who fights to defend themselves, right? Like, and this government doesn't want anyone to have that self-defense ability, right? What about, I mean, Alex has sex to harm and hurt and destroy other people, right? Right. What about a group of people that you just deem are not worthy of reproducing. Right. Which sadly we've seen fucking examples of this in the real world. We have. Yes. And when you start watching the movie, like, Oh, this isn't just a bad guy gets his comeuppance. Right. This is a fucking one of these operations where you say, Hey, it works on him. But then you're like, we're only a step or two away from that writer being gone. Right. Right. And that kind of extra scary level of this film Really fucking weighs in a lot more when you're older.
1: Yeah. I mean, that is, I think, that is the part that when you get, that is the thing that I like the most about getting older, watching this movie, is when you're young, you're seeing it from a very, like, limited perspective yeah of like oh that's so fucked up like i'm never gonna let the system take me and then when you're older you kind of see it differently in the like for me personally it's a matter of like that's fucked up but the system needed to take him i don't know it's a really weird yeah it's a, but it's a very is, it's strange the weird thing.
0: thing right you watch it as a young man and you feel like Hopefully you're not doing as terrible things as these guys, but you are (laughs) watching it through the eyes of Alex and the Droogs, right? Yeah. This, you know, you are a young, wild, whatever, right? Again, not to the criminal extent, but I think as a younger person, that's the kind of side you're looking at. Mm -hmm. Now that I'm older, man, I'm Alex's parents. Yeah. I'm the guy who Alex might be coming for me and my wife, right? And your your perspective just fucking changes. Yeah. And that's one of the things they say in the movie, right? Like the writer even says this before losing his mind with rage and being taken away. As he says, people have to be shown and led. Most people will give up liberty for a quieter, simpler life. Right. And it's... as you hear that in the movie, you go, yeah, that's kind of what I've been thinking because fuck Alex. I don't care yeah. that Alex is sick. I don't care that Alex can't go back home to his parents' place and right. punch Fucking just very aggressively forward Joe, the new renter, right? I don't yeah. really care that these uh, homeless guys are beating the shit out of him. I don't right. even really care that Dim and Georgie are beating the shit out of him and leaving him for no, dead. No, not at all. Right? I think that's- so I am exactly proving the point of that writer.
1: Well, I think that's what makes the journey home so interesting is that you don't care. Like I mean, I care because I want to see the end of the movie, but like you really are not locked into like Alex's survival the way you might be locked into like no. Renton's survival. You're locked into and Alex's
0: suffering exactly the way Alex was locked into imagining whipping Jesus.
1: You want to see how bad this – it's weird. Like you want to see how bad this gets for him because you he want, deserves
0: it. You want to be one of the guys throwing fist at him. You want to be stomping him into the ground. Absolutely. And, yeah, it's, it's just you, this, who fucking cares about this guy? Yeah. Who does care, right? And it is fucking scary when you find out that Dem and Georgie, just because they were there that night and they didn't go in one time so they could betray him, now they're the fucking police. They are. Because right. he literally just says, he's like, two jobs for two boys that were of job age. And you're like, holy shit. Yeah, Like, That's the
1: things terrifying. we've
0: seen those guys do. And now they have a badge and authority and power. This movie, yeah, it's it's one of the things I didn't latch on to when I used to watch it is it really is just this assault on the the structures of power. Mm-hmm. Um it it it's it's so weird because I guess as you watch it now, you're just like, Where am I supposed to land on any of this? Like it by the end of the movie you're like, is all of it fucked? Is everything bad?
1: Yeah. There are I no think...
0: pillars of society that work, the fucking youth are coming to get us. I think like, that's what? like <laughs>
1: I think this is like the kind of strange thing about watching it now is I'm at that point where, cause you know, like I'm 35 and I have a kid and like the structure of society is kind of important to me in a lot of ways. Cause I want to make sure that my kid's safe yeah. and there is this like really strange thing though, where it is like, but my individual freedom is important, but I don't want everyone to ha- like, it is this, it's, it's such a hard tightrope act. So like getting to the end of a clockwork orange, You realize like none of it works, but I don't have the answer for what's going to work, and neither does Alex.
0: I think that's kind of the point is that none, I mean, and this is kind of one of the good things about Kubrick being like so cold and removed and cynical Mm -hmm. is it's just examining like, hey, man, you're having these thoughts, these things do happen, and I feel like what happens to us as we get older as people, right? When you're young you're full of energy you're like i'll fucking fight for causes we can change this fucking old world of ours right yeah i think a lot of us you get older and you're like fuck man we've been trying that for like 20 years and things seem worse right and i don't know that they're actually worse right i think it's like just that nature of being older and you're more tired and you got more other responsibilities so then you try to shrink you're like well maybe i can just keep everything under this roof okay Right, and by making that choice, you're inherently saying that everyone not under your roof doesn't matter as much. Right, and the moment you start thinking like that, where does that line stop? Right, like if yeah. I had my Druthers, no one could fucking talk on their speakerphone in public. Gone Shh. to the fucking Done. dungeons with you, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. if you drive through my neighborhood really loud in the summer, blasting country music, to the dungeons with you, right? Like, what if I had the power to do that? And like I was reading that in the paper, would I be like, hey, that's not fair, man. Some people like country music, or would I go, hey man, they should have known better. Fuck them. Better them than me. That's the slippery slope we're all on when we Agreed. think about our fucking roof. And I True. I think it's tough, man. And the writer really exemplifies that, right? Because he sees Alex as this cudgel against the man. Right. But then realize that this weapon against the man is the same guy that fucking took everything from him. And he has that Jack Torrance shot, right? That leaning against the door just twisted with rage and suffering. And, you know, David Prowse puts his fucking pants on. He's like, oh, shit, action's about to happen. No more Speedo pants. And you're just, (laughs) you watch this man. It's like he wants to fucking fight the fight, but also he wants his fucking small revenge, man. Um, and not, not small revenge, right? He has a no, lot, but I think that that's for, what but. makes,
1: that's what makes this movie. Like in like this movie is, does such a good job of not, and this is the genius of Kubrick of not like assigning specific blame or assigning specific moral quandaries to anything. In my opinion, like for me, we get to the end of this movie and everything is so morally ambiguous. You have to do all the work yourself As the viewer, to decide, like, you know, you're hoping people are watching the beginning of the movie going, like, that's awful. I hope no one ever does that, ever, anywhere. But as we've seen in the world, some people watch this movie from a very different perspective than maybe you and I do. But
0: well, I think it's sad that there are so many people that are just okay with dehumanizing others. Right. And so the idea that there are just these like women being accosted constantly. Right. But that's the craft of something that doesn't happen, sadly.
1: Right. And the craft of Stanley Kubrick's work here is that he's doing us a service by holding a lens up to, by holding a mirror up to all of us and being like, what do you actually think? Like confront yourself right now about like what it is you actually believe. Like, is it all good? Is it all bad? Is some of it good? Like, can you live in a society that would do something like this to someone, but that would do something like this to someone and pretend like they could rehabilitate them
0: or okay. actually, I think it's even more specific than that, right? Because the really sad thing is as you're watching them play Ludwig van and Alex jumps to his death yep. again, you go fuck Alex. Yeah, no, like, the whole time we're I don't like, care I don't about shit. He wakes up in that hospital bed, right? The doctor's fucking the nurse real funny, whatever. He runs over. There's this fucking little sack of shit monster we know, right? They've been tinkering in his brain. Mm -hmm. Now he can have the fucking naughty thoughts, right? Right. The way, And this is one of my favorite acting choices ever. When the fucking governor comes in and he's fucking feeding Alex and he just goes. (laughs) He like pops his mouth open for a bite of food. So great. My wife actually walked in and she got so mad because I was like. We This used to be a thing I would do all the time when I was like hung over to Amy. I'd be like, "Amy <laughs> and, like <laughs> and she hates it. She was so mad, but I just think it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But what you're watching is this fucking monster, this known quantity, right this monster mm-hmm. being unfucking chained, right? The promise was is that he could come back in society because he had no more tooth or fang or claw, right right, right. They rearm him with his ability. He does that like weird cartoon test where he's like, fuck your mother. Fuck your eggs. (laughs) And he's laughing. It's maniacally perfect the way he plays the scene, right? Yeah. And then the government's fucking spoon feeding this guy literally. And it's like, we're going to give you a great job. We're going to give you a great place to live. Like something you want. He's like, what's the sa? What's the job? Like, we'll make it work, right? Because you're friends of us. So now the government has taken this monster and re weaponized him. They have not declawed him to make their point. They're going to turn him around. And at the end, he's smiling for the cameras and Alex already instinctively knows to fucking put on the face, thumbs up because soon he will be out of here. And all the fucking things that made him so terrible that he went through this journey of destruction are now about to be rewarded and elevated and pay off the movie again, is telling us that Alex being the worst monster in the film will land him will get in a him higher better social wants. strata yeah and that the government is perfectly fine loosing this boy upon us again yep and it's that's the fucking most evil fucking finale of this film it's that smiling little fuck and then what's he do He has the fucking vision of, like, two people fucking in the snow while, like, a bunch of Charles Dickens characters watch. Yep. And he just goes, oh, I'm cured, all right.
1: That, that, I love that last line, man. Oh, my God. (sighs) It's fucking. And
0: that's what I mean. What do you do about evil that just festers? What do you do about evil? Yeah, evil that festers
1: festers and doesn't go away.
0: And not only that, the kind of evil that. When it, when it gets into these fucking systems that all of our guardrails and checks and balances now only exist to fucking continue their own existence and right. not do the job. And it really is. I mean, this movie is really an absolute, like, fuck you to the idea of, like, societies in general. True. Right? It, I don't know, man. I, I But mean- I think. This is what I say. I don't think in any way Kubrick was trying to make Alex a hero. No. Right? I think he was using, I think your point was a good one, right? He is a cracked mirror to everything else we see in the movie, right? The parents who think they're good parents but don't actually do anything to try to stop or do Alex, right? A society where it is just like decaying and falling apart and serving drug milk and this and that, right? Right. These fucking, you know, government systems and police systems and... You know, just all these fucking things that aren't working, right? Because Alex is not the one that we see fall through the cracks and be destroyed. It's everyone else, right? It's the homeless guy. It's the writer. It's all the women that are fucking victimized in this film. Alex is the one who elevates. Right? I. It's I mean, hard, man. And it, it, it's a hard one to grapple with, man. It's... I used to watch it just because of the style tough, and the music. And I just yeah. liked the way this movie was put together. I was going to
1: say, Wendy Carlos. The older
0: you get, it's just fucking brutal. Yeah.
1: I was going to say, like, I used to just be obsessed with Wendy Carlos' score for this, which is all done on the Moog synth.
0: So I think I did what everyone else did. My first thing we made in film school, 100% this was the song that I used. We did a thing where, like, every film student has this in one of their films, right? You film, like, a drip of water out of a faucet. And every time the water hit, we, like, timed it with the fucking, like, beats of this. And the whole screen, like, changed color. I was, like, really just trying to do my own clockwork (laughs) orange.
1: Once you've seen... Yeah, but now that you're an adult and... yeah, That's what I was about.
0: Now you're just like, holy shit. Now you're like...
1: How do I feel? Yeah, I mean, you're just, you're shocked that a society, you're shocked that even you know a society that, like, in this, reminds story me of this would go that far Oh, what?
0: God. So the scene when they're at the milk bar, and they're like, we've had a hard day, a fucking active day, of crime and, you know, horror. Oh, and, yes. And they go in, right, and those TV people are there. Mm-hmm. And as the music dies down, she starts singing a lovely song, right? Uh, I don't know, was it Ludwig Van? I don't even know. I guess I'm not hip to like which Ludwig Vans or Ludwig Vans. It's it's, yeah. And Alex is watching this. And again, it's his fucking monstrous gaze as he sees this lady. Well, it's the shot. And again, because what do all young men do in this movie when confronted with harsh truths? They do fart comedy.
1: Apparently fart noises are just like the thing. He
0: fucking smacks the shit out of dim. Yeah. He's like, you're a rude bastard with no way to present yourself. And he just raises the glass to her. And I was like, that scene right there is the total Clockwork Orange experience to me. Sitting there just uh, immersed in this wonderful, rich, deep art. And then this crushing reality of these fucking monsters yeah. that you're sitting amongst. And the the fucking dynamics of that. That's how I think of this movie, man. I, I still find it fascinating. I still find Same. it just powerful.
1: It's a powerful movie to watch as...
0: You get older, I think. Well, what do you do? What what do you do when you watch cause this is one of those movies I can hear the arguments now, like it's not fun. People hate movies that aren't fun now. Sometimes I think it's fun to fucking stare into the abyss, man. Like yeah, I, I, I think do that's exactly this movie it's I think harrowing. That's,
1: that's exactly what you would do. That's exactly what it is. Like if you don't find a movie fun, quote unquote, you have like you have to be able to stare into the darkness. The point is, is like, you can't, you know, <laughs> you can't yeah. fall in. That's, the well, point. I think
0: the point is it's better to see Alex on the screen
1: mm-hmm. before we
0: look around and the world is just populated with them. Right. Agreed. Hopefully it never will be because good Lord. Um, I mean, just, just, it's, it's one of those movies that when I saw it and a couple of Kubrick's, he was my director. That when I was at my most formative years, right? Like I wanted to make movies, right? Because I always say the two most important movies to me, right? Jurassic Park was the movie that made me just like melt in my brain. I was like, movies are magic. And then I got that VHS of Mallrats and you're like, that's what I want to do with the rest of my life. And right after those two, going through and finding all of Stanley Kubrick's movies and just the way that guy made films... There's just something about it that just speaks right to like the darkest parts of my mind and heart. And I really like going to those places, man. Cause again, better up there on the screen than in the real world sometimes. Right. I don't know. That's it for a clockwork orange, a fucking brilliant, if not harrowing experience. Uh, (laughs) yeah, it's a lot just like Uh, this entire month. Yeah. Yeah. But Edith has got even more as we finish. Uh, great curation. God we have four him. awesome movies. We have some really good ones on Patreon this month. Kung Fu Hustle and Marvel's The Eternals. Our first return to the comic book genre since the log box sessions, dude. We're back. Uh, so, guys, again, go to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash pod. Guys, uh, as little as a dollar a month, you can get in and support the show. And we assure you, every dollar means the world to us. You can follow the YouTube channel. Subscribe over there, Film Alchemist. Email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. If you'd be so kind, shouts us out on your socials. Leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show. More than anything, thank you for spending time and watching and talking movies with us. For the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffin. I'm Alex Dandino. All right, Droogs. We'll video you next week. <laughs>